250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You have stumbled into the Taking All Wrong podcast. I am JD. He is Joe. Wait a minute. We're going to start off a little bit different this week. I will be joined by Jeff Rick and another special guest a little bit later in the show. I am starting off this week. Wanted to take a chance here in the bye week to chat with my lovely wife, Tanya, how are you? I'm terrific. How are you? I'm good. So this is super awkward because we are in the same house, yes. uh, but we are speaking via Skype and we are on separate floors in separate rooms because from a recording perspective, this is a uh, much easier and much uh, better uh, quality recording. So uh, in case you're wondering, uh, we are not in the same room and uh, and and that would be maybe even more awkward but well this to... feels like regular this feels like regular life well this is any night that i record the podcast this is exactly what life is like so it's we're actually closer than we would be otherwise exactly so tanya and i were talking earlier this evening and i said to tanya i can guarantee you that the gophers will not lose this saturday and what did you say to me <laughs> do you want to bet that's exactly what she said. And what did I tell her? I said, well, I do want to bet. Well, it just so happens the Gophers don't play this Saturday. But if they were, or if I wanted to go and bet on another game this week, I would go to mybookie.ag. And if I was a brand new player there, I could deposit up to $1,000. I would get matched dollar for dollar from my bookie, uh, plus an additional $25 from my bookie if I make my deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time and all I have to do is enter the promo code wrong 25 so that's what you should do taking all wrong listeners go to my bookie enter the promo code wrong 25 you will get your deposit up to $1,000 matched dollar for dollar plus an additional $25 it's mybookie.ag promo code wrong 25 so wanted to have a chance to talk with you because I've mentioned you on this podcast often, and in doing so, I'm, uh, it's a specific conversation between us, which is after a Gopher game, when the Gophers win, I will come back to the motorhome if we happen to be tailgating that week or um, just after watching the game. You will ask me if the Gophers won. And I will tell you, yes, but, and then I will tell you that the Gophers did not play well or what have you. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I would imagine that we aren't the only couple or the only people in the world that have this conversation. So tell me your frustration with that conversation. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have to tell you, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Because I did not grow up in a sports family, if you will. So basically, if you win something, it's a W in that column. Everything's good, no matter what happened. So I've never understood why or or who in the world would have a conversation of, well, we won, but 
we didn't play that well, or we won, but we could have won by more. And it's to me, it's like, what's the Effenheimer difference? Because you won. Fair point. Fair point. And I think what I've always sort of mentioned to you was it's possible to play well, and especially in college football. And I think we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, Jeff and I and various people that have been on, to, to say there's a little bit more nuance in college football and maybe in college sports in general than there is in professional sports and, and probably maybe in other areas of life or maybe it's because we, we follow it more closely or have been for a long time. There's a little bit more nuance with, with what happens in college football. And my argument has always been, hey, it's totally possible to win. And there's never we're, we're never diminishing the fact that we won. But there also is this side of us that knows that the team can play better. And one thing, one, one uh, area I think a few weeks back that I tried to bring this to some common ground with my wife, Tanya, is... Uh, my wife is an incredible artist. Uh, she has oh. she designed the uh, logo for the Taken All Wrong podcast, which if you're listening to this, you see it all over uh, SoundCloud and, and iTunes. Um, but she does paintings of, uh, of pets and, and all kinds of different crafts and arts, and, and she's an incredible artist. And what I said to her was, how many times have you showed me, and I'll, let me just ask you, how many times <laughs> have you showed me a painting... <laughs> Or a piece of art where I've said, oh, that's incredible. And you've said, nah, it's not done. Or I'm not happy with it. I, I, it probably easily over a thousand times. And, and the point is for you that you have a vision of what that piece of art should be, of what you're trying to get to. Correct. And when I see it, I look at it and go... I've never envisioned this piece of art. So I'm like, that's amazing. Right. And you're thinking of where you want that piece of art to get to. And you're thinking, I've still got X number of hours to do, or I still have to do shading or more color or what have you. Fair right. point. Uh, you know what? Had you explained this to me in that way 12 years ago, we would never have that conversation again. Right. Because now it makes all the sense in the world to me and all and, the sense in the world to me and i think that's where it, it is for us as gopher fans and i'm sure fans of any sport is you have this vision of what you think the team should be you have this vision and, and i think about for example the gopher game against miami of ohio we mm. we came out and and um you know we won handily uh, in our first game against New Mexico State. We won a tight game against Fresno, which we were all pretty happy with. And then the game against Miami of Ohio, we weren't quite as happy. We, As Gopher fans, we thought we probably left some points out on the field, and we've talked about that on the podcast. And I think that's the disconnect with some fans, uh, or just speaking about you and I, the disconnect between the conversation about the Gophers is – we have a certain we going into a game like that uh, two Saturdays ago against Miami of Ohio. We have a certain expectation about what the team is going to do, 
And while the team may, well, the score may reflect very well, that probably is similar to how I look at the piece of art when I haven't, don't have an expectation for it. But your expectation is much greater than what I'm seeing. And if we flip-flop that to go for football, that's probably the difference between you doing art and me watching go for football. Absolutely. That's the best way I've ever heard that explained. Well, because I'm, now it make now it makes sense because right. you're not just in the win column, it has to be in the per, like perfection column. Like right. now I'm ready to let this go to who it belongs to because I have finished it and perfected it and it's not going to get any better. Right. This is the best it's going to get. Well, and maybe there's this other parallel where where you're you're so into your art and we're so into go for football and you wrestle with your art, right? You think about Absolutely. how can yep. I make it better? What's the right. what's the best medium? Can I change this to make it better? Are there better paints? Should I be doing watercolor or whatever it is? I'm completely throwing out things here. Totally and, fine. And totally we do the fine. same thing with go for football, which is should the offense be a little bit different? Should we be focusing more on the run instead of the pass? Should right. you know all these different things? And so, um, well, the difficult the difficult part for you all is that you're not painting. Right. It's PJ that's painting, and how many times have you and I talked about like when when you cook and I stand there and then I put my arms out and arms back arms out and arms back like oh 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 oh, oh. remember that mm-hmm. like we used to do, yeah so I I think maybe it's a, a it's a little bit of that on in your part because you can't control it because PJ is the painter at this point right and it's basically his vision but you guys have been painting like, I mean, how long have you been a Gopher fan, Judd? I mean, it you I mean, six years old, seven years old? Yeah, as long as I, I can mean, remember literally. Right. So it's been a long time that <laughs> you've had to stand by and let other people paint paint the portrait. Right. But you have opinions on it. Interesting. So what what other things annoy you about me as a sports fan? Oh, are we gonna go into that? Well, you've got, you've got a minute and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, um, it's it's that that's the biggest thing is the win loss thing. But now that you've explained it, I I feel so much better about that situation. Um, you know, uh, gosh, I don't know. Go for football. I'm I'm kind of used to now. It's all this these extra sports that you're bringing in to the marriage you know the nascar the you know whatever uh like i said i I did not grow up in a sports household so it's it's very intense right so you know oh my gosh i don't care what kevin harvick if if he if he ran a 1.75 in (laughs) 400 laps is that a thing not quite, but yeah. Well, but I, there you go. But you did sit down. <laughs> you did sit down on on Sunday or uh, Saturday night and watch most of the NASCAR race with me. And Absolutely. You, you 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 have your 
you're not into it in the sense that like the the um, I don't know if this is the right term, but the long game perhaps. But you do have your moments where you get into it. There's definitely times yeah. where you watched go you watched the Gopher game with me Saturday. You watched the NASCAR race with me Saturday night. We watch the Vikings sometimes. You definitely get into it. But, oh, I know exactly what the hell's going on. Yeah, but I it's, mean, I know face mask. I know a horse collar. I know uh, uh, personal foul. I know all that shit. I can call it when they're all calling it. I get that stuff. I can tell. Absolutely, I, I want to. The, I want to tell the listeners of the Taken All Wrong podcast. Nothing fires my wife up more than a horse collar. You it's cannot. That is not a thing that is allowed. That is a that's a that's a crap move. That's an absolute crap move. I don't like it. No, oh, I know. I do not like it. I'm I'm well aware. Absolutely, I'm well aware. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. I it's I was happy weeks ago when we made this parallel between uh, your art and Gopher football um, to be able to to find some common ground on this because this is. Uh, this has long been a uh, a refrain of yours that's upset you, so I'm glad. That- uh, well, you can't like not upset. I just find it redonkulous. Well, you found it redonkulous a win enough is a win. that you would be very vocal about it. Well, what else am I vocal about? Um, everything. Literally everything. So right. Interesting. Well, no, I appreciate the time uh, here in the bye week. And uh, who knows? Maybe there will be more uh, art go for football related conversation down the road. Mm. Uh, you're you're down for it? Absolutely. All right. Very good. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, that's uh, that's a little uh, departure from your normal Taken All Wrong programming. Uh, you are listening to the Taken All Wrong podcast, and we will be right back. back to Taken All Wrong, and we are back to our regularly scheduled programming. I am JD, he is Jeffrick. How are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, life standpoint, I'm doing pretty well. From a football gopher standpoint, I've I've been better. Feels a lot like last year, but we'll get into that. <laughs> it does right now. It does. And even like the little bit of dread that comes over me having to go into talking about gopher football after it sucked the week before on this podcast definitely crept in um i was just telling you before we hopped on uh, when we were having our pre-production meeting that uh i i was so busy at work the last couple days thankfully i didn't have a ton of time to think about it but we are taking it old school this week uh back to season one of top pod and we are bringing in a close personal friend of taken all wrong Mr. Frothy Gopher, how are you doing tonight, sir? I noticed that you wait for the team to lose before you bring me out of the gimp tank and throw me back on taking all wrong. So I appreciate that. I'm good for something, but if nothing else, I can I can commiserate with you guys tonight and hopefully make the fan base feel better or worse. I'm not sure. Well, well that, that's why we have you here. We're looking for you to uh, tip the scales one way or the other. Let me go ahead and just uh, set the tone for our conversation. 
Um, I know you guys are uh, probably having a cocktail. I'm typically uh, clinking a glass of ice and bourbon. I'm going straight beer this week because as a Gopher fan, I just don't know that I deserve anything better at this point. Um, let's start with Jeff. Uh, just what the hell happened on Saturday? Hang on. I had warned Frothy about not clinking ice in the glass, but if you're not oh. doing it this week, who is? I mean, we got. I feel like somebody's got to do it. Well, this is for me. Oh, okay. thank you very much. No, this is just for me. I don't feel like I deserve well, it. I don't want to project that on you guys. I just, I just want to make sure we cover our basis. We've got a uh, reputation to live up to here. Fair so. enough. Sorry, what was the question? The question was, what the hell happened on Saturday? Uh, I, um, we jumped. So time travel's been discovered. That's fun. I feel like that's the most like underplayed part of all this story is that we've all been pushed back in time and no one's really talking about it. Um, yeah, that was awful. Um, losing Winfield, the same game, same team, you know, for the season. A lot of stuff that just did not go well. I, bye week comes at a good time, I hope, because boy, do we have some stuff to figure out. Absolutely. What frothy? Bring us, uh, help us, help us out here. I don't know. There's two ways to look at it. The first optimistic side is it's a super young team playing on the road for the first time. Maryland is clearly talented they took it to texas pretty well in the first game of the year and texas of course just beat pcu this past weekend so maybe maryland is a little bit better than we thought they were going into the game after they got absolutely raced by temple the prior week so that's the that's the upside right young team going up against the more talented team on the road predictable outcome etc i think the more negative way to look at it is this past weekend looked an awful lot like a lot of the game last season. Wrote about this a little bit on stillgothope.com this past week uh, around how it really came down to blocking and tackling. And we didn't block very well the wide receiver screens, the offensive line and pass protection. And we didn't tackle very well. The tackling itself wasn't bad, but our defense misaligned and missing keys all day long and gave up gigantic plays to Maryland. And the concern that tickled my brain a little bit is that is this just a repeat of what we saw last season? Way too early to tell, but I expected that we were going to lose the game uh, at the beginning of the season, and so the the outcome in terms of a, a loss was not uh, was was not surprising to me. The manner in which we more or less just failed to show up both on offense and defense was concerning. I'm not quite sure how much stock to put in it at this point. I think that's a good point. You know, it definitely, it definitely, even if you thought going into this game that the Gophers were going to lose the game, I don't think that, that like you, Frothy, thought it was really going to go down like this. Uh, going into this game, Gophers were anywhere from a one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, to Maryland, speaking of which, to remind you, Taken All Wrong is brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code WRONG25. After 7 p.m. Central, you will get your deposit match dollar for dollar plus $25. It's Taken All, or excuse me, wrong dot, WRONG25 at MyBookie.ag. Um, yeah, just, a, just not the drubbing we expected. Certainly, uh, Maryland uh, got up. 
uh, early and uh, just really took it to the Gophers. Jeff Rick mentioned it. Um, certainly, other than um, getting beaten badly by Maryland, uh, the other big story from the game, of course, is losing Antoine Winfield for the season again uh, early in the year. Uh, has come out, of course, that the Gophers will apply for a sixth season uh, for Winfield Jr. Um, I don't know that we've got much indication at this point whether or not that will happen since he hasn't taken a redshirt year. I think it's probably a better chance that he does get that. But, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about how um, the way the Gophers lost this game and, in addition, losing Antoine Winfield Jr., how does that reset your expectations for this season? We'll start with Frothy. I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this year. I wanted to see them make a bowl game, and I wanted to see an offense that had a pulse, and I didn't want to see any massive breakdowns on defense. So the first three games of the year were, I think, okay. Uh, Offense clicked the first game in substantially less the next two games and then was more or less non-existent in the Maryland game. So that's a trend line that I don't particularly like to see. And I thought the defense looked really good for the first three games as they did in the non-conference last season. I recall correctly, I think, in the at the end of the non-conference games of, uh, or at least after the second non-conference game of the 2017 season, we were the number number one ranked defense in the country. That didn't sustain itself very well after the conference season started, and we seemed to be on a sort of a similar trajectory this time. So I was in the five to seven wins camp. I'm still in the five to seven win camp i think we need to see a more dynamic offense somehow or another we certainly have more playmakers so you can see that it has the potential to be a lot better but execution has been lacking i think annex has been a little bit hurt so hopefully that the bye week takes care of that you know losing winfield sucks losing rodney Smith sucks uh but I guess in the grand scheme of things, if you look, we can talk about this a little bit later if you want to. If you look how the schedule is shaping up for the 2019 season, uh, that I think you know, I would much rather have them be hurt this year when the the, the upside is reaching a bowl game uh, versus next year when I think we've got a legitimate shot to win the West. Uh, I would rather them be hurt this year than next year. So hopefully we're getting that uh, karmic injury out with losing our best offensive player and our best defensive player uh, in, uh, it, it, over the course of, a, of, of two weeks. And, and let's hopefully that's part of our system going into 2019. Absolutely. I, I'm with you 100% as far as that five to seven wins. I've, we've talked about it a couple of times um, here as well. I, I, you know, I, I, I thought we were five to seven wins with – Rodney Smith when he went down same thing same thing with Winfield I just there's so many variables with this young team Jeffrick what are your thoughts what are what are your reset expectations if any following uh this latest injury of one of our top five players um it for me it's it's been hard I think coming off this loss not to try it to not tie it back to last season since we see the similarities but at the same time uh, I mean, Frothy, that's a good point, right? Like, Maryland played really good football in their first two games. That Temple game might go down as one of the weirder ones we'll see this season. I mean, just an inexplicable loss for them, but they might be a pretty good team, which as we get further out maybe makes that loss for Minnesota look a little better. 
Um, as you guys are saying, we were five. We we were thinking five to seven wins before the season started. I was thinking five to seven wins before that Maryland game. That hasn't changed. Um, and now we have two weeks for the coaching staff to figure some stuff out, right? Like we were all there for the Fresno game when they lost Rodney Smith early. Um, and the offense and the running game and, and Williams looked better the next week when they had a week to prepare for being without their star player. Uh, the defense looked brutal against Maryland. They were clueless in a lot of places. Frothy, you know, the, the excellent article on uh, stillgothope.com. That's stillgothope.com. Uh, but saying, you know, it's some basic stuff. So, look, we've got two weeks. we got two weeks to clean this up, and let's see how they look against Iowa. But as far as overall expectations, these next couple games are going to be tough with home in Iowa and at Ohio State. But after that, five straight toss-up games. It's the same schedule we had looked at to start the year and said there's a lot of things to look at here. So, um, yeah, it's it's been it was it was a tough loss. We got kind of two weeks to sulk about it, but really looking forward. I think bowl eligibility is still very realistic. If you, if you look at the ESPN with uh, their FPI, their Football Power Index, also known as the Party Poop Index, uh, <laughs> we've generally been pretty disparaging toward that and S and P Plus, uh, which. Uh, I won't uh, name out specifically. Uh, we're pretty skeptical of football statistics, right? But the Farty Poop Index from ESPN, I think has us going eight and four and five and three uh, in conference this year. Uh, Even after be, the loss uh, to Maryland, just let's just make that clear. They they had the the two bowls that they might have. I said I think one of them was the Gator Bowl and the other one was I think the Holiday Bowl at San Francisco. So two decent bowl games, all things considered, given where we stand right now in the state of despair that we've been in. So take that with, you know, a salt block or a salt mine, uh, given the likelihood of those statistics really meaning anything at all. But to your point, Jeff Rick, that five-game stretch gives us a, it gives us a chance, at least, to go on a pretty good run this season and, and, and be feeling a lot better than, we're, than we are right now. And I think the other thing, too, you know, we talked about it a little bit um, in the offseason, if we look at last year. The Gophers finished 5-7 and seven last year. Obviously, things were a little bit mired by those final two games where the Gophers didn't score. But really, if you looked at last year going into last season and you said this is probably a five-win team, you get to the end of the year and you say, yeah, we won five games. That's probably about where you thought you'd end up. But but those last two games really, really cloud things. I think if you look at the Gophers' first four games and you told people we're going to come out of that stretch three and one I think everybody would say yeah that's probably about right I think most people thought that loss might have come to Fresno and I think right now maybe similar to last year just as a microcosm these first four games maybe we're a little bit clouded by what just happened so you know I still think expectations are are very similar um, as far as uh, uh, what the season's going to look like as we've said uh, moving forward and, and kind of looking ahead to the Iowa game, I don't want to get too much into specifics, but Iowa and Wisconsin did play last week. Um, Wisconsin won a close game, a, a defensive battle for all intents and purposes down at Kinnick Stadium. Um, I know, uh, Frothy, you had a chance to watch the game. Any kind of initial thoughts as far as um, what you think we can expect for that game against Iowa? My biggest concern after watching that game, and I think we talked about it a little bit offline, was I'm not sure that we're going to be able to put up more than 50 yards of offense. Iowa's defense is really good, 
and their ends, their defensive line particularly, are extraordinarily good. And given our offensive line play up to this point, particularly in pass protection, I'm not sure that we're going to give NXNet a chance to, to, to complete many passes. So my hope is that they're going to get creative and that NXNet's a little bit more mobile. The word on the street was his ankle was bothering him for the last couple of weeks. So hopefully they'll be able to move the pocket around and give him a chance. I think if we can move the ball, we've got a pretty decent chance to win given the fact that Iowa's offense is nothing really to write home about. Now, yeah, Wisconsin's defense is is good. I don't think it's as big good as it has been the last few years. But it was a pretty anemic display, I thought, from both teams, all things considered. So they're both either extraordinarily good teams or just good teams playing against each other. Uh, I think we've got a good chance to win. I wouldn't quite call it 50-50 for the Gophers. I'd probably say that... Uh, it's probably like a 45 to 40% chance that the Gophers win. But, you know, all things considered, uh, I was probably just further along than we are in terms of talent development. Ference has been there for 20 years, so they're running the same schemes that they always have. It, it, it's a lot more of a plug-and-play approach to, to that sort of program than it is to what we're trying to build up here. So we're a young team, uh, like we've talked about a little bit, Publicly, we're a, what we would call a high beta team in finance where you're going to perform way, way, way above your expectations some weeks and way, way, way below your expectations other weeks. Hopefully this past week was a way, way, way below expectations and we'll, uh, we'll revert to the mean a little bit against Iowa and get the win. No, I agree. That's And, and <clears throat> I think you bring up an interesting point about um, – uh, Iowa just being ahead of us, right, as as far as talent development. And I think that's certainly one of the things that you get when you're a program like Iowa or a program like Wisconsin is when you get some continuity at the top, Iowa with Kirk Ferentz, Wisconsin obviously with Barry Alvarez, um, even to some extent Northwestern um, at this point with Fitzgerald, um, you just sort of get a little bit of a march going forward. And, you know, there, there's certainly some ebbs and flows that come with that. One of the things that has been really interesting to me, and I don't know if it's been interesting as much as it's just been like me being upset about it is how quickly our fan base is um, ready to just jump off the bandwagon. You know, you've got gopher fans that are excited three games into the season and then all of a sudden you've got people that you lose this game to Maryland and they just can see no good and um, they're just I mean you see people that are ready to fire Fleck a lot of those people were ready to fire Fleck previous to this game Um, but this game just sort of brings uh, the animosity uh, for Fleck and for the Gophers out of the woodwork and um, it's it's disheartening because I think there's a lot of us that see that on a bigger picture standpoint, things are going in the right direction. Um, Jeffrick, I know you've got some thoughts about um, what what the what the fan base does, but I don't know. Uh, g- give me some general thoughts as far as just people jumping off the bandwagon and maybe why you think um, it's worth it to stay on at least after just this one loss. Well, you know, we're three and one. We still have, again, like the Iowa game coming is going to be an interesting one. And I mean, I looked at the stats for that one last year. Like I only had, I think, 125 yards rushing at like 3.8 a carry. I mean, it's 
Maryland seemed to give a lot of problems because of all the misdirection and all the different things they're doing, right? Because they're running a modern spread offense. You can turn the tape on from an Iowa game from 1988 or 2004 or 2016 or this year. It's the same offense, right? They're doing, they've been doing the same things forever. They're going to line up and try and run over you and where they're going to try and get you is with play action. So just for defensively, it's stuff that they haven't, you know, we haven't seen before. As Frothy said, it's going to be, can the Gophers score points? Last year, I don't think they scored to the fourth quarter for Minnesota. They lost 17-10. Um, as far as the fan base goes, I mean, it's, look, it's seems like yet another rebuilding effort, right? If people are saying, gosh, here's another coach, you know, here, here, the, here we go again kind of thing that it looks similar to last year. And I think you've still got some of those anti-Fleck people that are just looking for a reason to jump on him and say he's not a good coach, right? For the ones who um, don't like his personality or don't like the way he does things or whatever, that we still definitely have some of those people in the fan base. And I think those are the ones that are, you know, that are chirping right now, right? Because it's it, they feel like they're being proven right with what happened. And don't get me wrong, I'm disappointed with the effort at Maryland. Like, it was offensively got some stuff to work out the offensive line a mess but your quarterback couldn't move you're without your top running back you know Tyler Johnson completely shut out um defensively we'll see if we need to worry yet if that's really something you know if if, you know does Rob Smith have trouble coaching defense against real teams in the Big Ten he did last year we'll find out if that's a trend or if they've got it figured out but um I'm disheartened, you know, a, a bit bummed on the loss, but I, I I can't see you jumping off or, you know, people wanting to jump off the wagon or say the season's over four games in when, again, we're, we're still already three and one. Right. I, I wonder if we could get MV to come up with an algorithm to figure out um, the people that are, are negative now that are calling for Fleck to, to be fired now that have kind of jumped off the bandwagon now happen to be the same people that wanted the Clay's uh, kill slash Tracy Clay's regime to stick around if those are the same people. So we can maybe look into that off air. But I I can't help but think that there is, and and at least for me there is, a happy medium between, um, you know, just bowing down to Fleck and everything that he's doing and just believing that the row the boat culture is everything and believing that the sky is falling. So, Frothy, how do we find that happy medium? Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't, to be totally honest with you, aside from absolute knobs, seen anyone who thinks that Fleck should be fired yet. It, it, the usual suspects, yeah. But the by and large, I think people are disappointed. I, think, I don't think anyone is, is, is calling for, for Fleck to be fired, or, or even, and there's more of a case, albeit so pretty light, that Rob Smith should be fired at this point. We have to see a little bit more evidence before we can start to say anything about that. You know, what I will say is that you know we're a damaged fan base. We so when was the last time that we won a really big game? You can point to Nebraska uh, a couple of times uh, in like I think 2014 or 2015 or 2013 and 2014. And Michigan in a supremely down year for them. But when was the last time we, we beat a team that finished in the top 25? I mean, in my opinion, you've really got to go all the way back to 1999 against Penn State. Penn State, yeah. For, 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 the, for the last really meaningful, impactful win. So it's been 20 years since we've had anything to really feel good about. Iowa, even in down years, like last year, I think they ended up with seven or eight wins or whatever. I mean, they beat Ohio State at home. Uh, 
or yeah, and then the year before that, I think they beat Michigan at home. So even in down years, they have something to really feel good about. You know, it's like you, you go out and shoot 115 at you know golf, but you hit that one birdie shot, and it was amazing, and that'll keep you coming back for the next 10 years. What have we got? There just isn't a lot to feel good about. And so I think without having any sustained success in terms of win, without having any really sort of impactful moment to point back to and say, yes, that was an amazing experience. I love it. It can be pretty tough to not go completely despondent once the team shows what they are. So I, I think that's that's my view as to why we get the emotional reaction that we get after a loss, particularly one where we we didn't look as good as I think we all we all hope we would going into it. How do we find a balance? Um, boy, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Fleck, I think, in terms of what he can bring to a football program. I think that he knows how to motivate kids, which honestly is all I really care about. Run a clean program. Make sure that the kids are getting what they need. You know, that there's no massive scandals you know, on the field or off the field graduate kid and get win. And I think he's doing all of those things except the getting wins at this point. Uh, but I don't necessarily need to, you know, get a row the boat tattoo on my back. Uh, I, my, my, my personal view is, is let him run the program for three to four years in the way that he needs to run the program. And who gives a, who, who cares about anything else? It, it, it's he's, I'm not his target audience. I'm showing up every week. I'm cheering my balls off for the team. I buy season tickets. I buy gopher apparel. I travel when I can. I go to bowl games when I can. So I'm already in the boat, but I would be in any coach's boat for the first three or four years that they were here. I don't think you need to drink the Kool-Aid. I think you can look at it pretty pragmatically and judge him based on what he does here, not the message that he's telling, not the turbans that he's giving, not the cult he's setting up, if if that's your belief. Just look at the team and look at how the team does over the course of seasons, and I mean two or three or maybe even four seasons. And if the results aren't there, he's going to be gone. If the results are there, we should all be pretty happy about. No, I and I agree completely with that. I I think being pragmatic is the key here, and I talked about it a little bit with t- my wife earlier. Is and we talked about it a lot last year. Is there's so much nuance with college football that just doesn't come out in other sports there is so much building that has to happen and whether people want to believe it or not there was some glaring uh, problems with the roster when when coach Fleck came in and those things don't get fixed in a year it's not a snap your fingers bring in a a guy or two um, and fix it it takes some time to build that up and to build any kind of depth and um and uh we're we're still at the beginning of that process so um i think we i I agree with you 100 percent. we we have to give it some time we can grumble about the losses um we can talk about what the problems were but if you're going to just go attack the coaches and attack the head coach every time a loss happens um i think that's a very short-sighted view and and uh and you should learn how to take a deep breath. So here's the last thing I want to do before we wrap it up, heading into the bye week. Um, I'm going to challenge each of you to give me something positive that you're looking forward to as we head uh, into the rest of the season. 
and that thing cannot be named Zach Anikstead. So give me something, a player, um, a wrinkle in the uh, in the play calling that you've seen, um, something in the game day atmosphere, whatever it happens to be. Give me one thing, one positive that you're looking for as we head into uh, the second two-thirds of this season, and we'll start out with Frothy. I am excited for us to successfully block a tunnel screen at some point this season and watching, I don't know, it could be Chris Oppman Bell, but more likely somebody like a Rashad Bateman going off for like an 80-yard run. It's going to happen. At some point, Tyler Johnson uh, or uh, Douglas is going to make a block and he's going to spring him free. And I think the plays have been designed super well and we're going to bust out a really fun, good yards after catch run something that we never got to experience during the Brian Anderson era. We saw a little bit last year. We've seen it a little bit this year, but I think we're really going to be in store for some good stuff once we get those wide receiver blocking schemes down. So that's the thing that I'm most looking forward to. I love that. And, it, you know, you mentioned earlier that one of the things that you were hoping for this season was that, um, I don't remember exactly how you put it, but essentially that the offense wouldn't be boring, that we would see some creativity um, and one way or another, however you feel about how this season has gone so far, um, we definitely have seen that. We've seen more wrinkles in this offense and more types of plays and more throwing um, than we've seen specifically early in seasons in a long time. So uh, I think looking forward to that specifically and those plays that, like you like you said, uh, they've been designed well. We haven't executed them well. I, I do think that that's um, definitely something that I'm looking forward to as well. Jeffrick, what do you think? Um, give you one offense, one defense. I think after Tyler Johnson got shut down, let's see. He's got to be motivated to play better, certainly against Iowa um, and the coaching staff to see if they can find some creative ways to get him the ball in different places. Um, and how about Thomas Barber stepping up? He's been a bit quiet this year, a guy who we know is, you know, a really good linebacker and an all big 10 caliber guy, um, with Winfield out. And he was kind of the, the shining star for those first couple games with some of the ridiculous highlight plays he was making. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a guy like Barber, who's a junior now and a leader on that defense as a guy who's going to step up and against a team like Iowa to start, right? It's, that's an old school smash mouth team. Your middle linebacker is going to have a lot of chance to make plays. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's a great point on the defensive side of the ball. There's definitely um, some good things to look at there. We saw that defense uh, get spread out and get gashed a little bit this last weekend, but there's certainly some opportunity for players to um, step up. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of both of you and maybe break my own rule when I mentioned not mentioning Zach Anikstead, and I'm just going to say that um, I'm excited uh, heading into this season that we've got a whole bunch of young players who we came into this season believing were very, very talented. Um, one of the most talented classes that we've ever seen come in. And these kids are all going to get a chance to play, um, both uh, from the standpoint of necessity um, and just, hey, it's time to get these kids on the field. They're all going to get some very good, um, some very good experience. And uh, uh, definitely that will be a nice thing, uh, hopefully a luxury. Even next year going into 2019, we'll have a young team, but a young team uh, with some experience. So that will be a good uh, thing. I think, I think, Jared, to add on that, I, I, my gut feeling is just we're going to know whether we've got the horses to win 
the West next year by the end of this year. So my hope is, irrespective of what happens in the win-loss column, the offense is going to start to click. We're going to start to see the young guys on the on the defense start to figure things out, and we're going to know whether we're just going to be adding a couple of pieces to complete it to win. You know, nine have a nine or ten win season, uh, or whether we're looking at adding five or six or eight guys into the mix to, to get things figured out a little bit more. So not saying that we'll know with certainty, but I think we'll have a pretty good idea about whether whether or not we've got the stable to do to, to be able to pull off a, a, a West Division win and maybe a shot at a Rose Bowl next year. No, that's a great point. I mean, this team still has eight, eight games to play this year, and um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for those young guys to flash some of that talent and see what we can do. And, you know, consistency may be an issue as we go forward, but if we can start to see some of those signs in certain spots, I agree with you completely. We, we will start to understand if, if, uh, if there's a way for us to uh, make a run at something uh, next year and, uh, and, and make a run at the division. So, uh, Frothy, really nice to have you back this year. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. It was it was my pleasure, and uh, you're you're always welcome to bring me out of the box whenever we lose again, and I'll come and try and make sense of the world for us. Okay, okay, I will definitely keep that in mind. Well, as always, uh, we appreciate all of you joining us for the Taken All Wrong podcast. Uh, we will uh, head into the bye week and uh, allow all of uh, uh, allow the fan base to take a deep breath as. We look forward to Iowa. Um, as always, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you sharing the podcast and retweeting. Uh, we are uh, where we are because you uh, help us along. So thank you again for that. As always, we encourage you to continue to do so. And uh, as I do every week, I'm going to ask Jeffrick to take us home. Stay classy. Go Gophers. Sky Yuma and row the boat. <laughs>